That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Young F.A. Holmes. Ah. So scary, won't let them bury me That's why I keep my 30, I shoot like Gary And boy, I'm getting money, I'm getting money Uh-huh, All right, welcome back to Don V Fridays After a long weekend, thanks, Thanksgiving uh, We got Drift back in the building, man How was your, how was your holiday weekend, my boy? It was good, man, went over to, uh, went over to Chicago uh, hung out with my girlfriend's family for a couple of days. It was a good time. Food was good. And uh, my team's won this weekend. We got a new head coach. So it's going to be a great episode. I'm excited. Yeah, new new, new coaching staff alert. Uh, We're we going to get into all the coaching carousels and the madness that happened over the last couple of days as far as coach movement and what does it mean and all of that. My Thanksgiving was pretty trash because, I mean, I'm here surrounded by all my family so I got to see them but uh I no longer eat the way I used to eat so I was eating veggie lasagna and shit so everybody got to like <laughs> pig out and do their thing and I was uh on my veggie lasagna tip but are you a vegetarian now no 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 by choice it's it I come from a uh I come from a southern black family so like the way they prepare shit is even if it's like if they don't put like pork and shit in it then it's like i'm on a low sodium diet mm. basically i'm on a low sodium diet and being black is counterproductive <laughs> <laughs> to having a low sodium diet so uh yeah i had i had to i had to chill on the sodium so i just ate my veggie lasagna and you know crab myself to sleep but <laughs> we didn't get into all of the monkey shit later man Let's start off by paying some bills. My bookie. It's not every day you can double your money, but with my bookie, you can double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With my bookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at mybookie.ag and use the promo code Sports Drink, You'll instantly receive your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo is look like a legit Super Bowl contender. However, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code sports drink at my bookie that's promo code sports drink to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1000 bet anything anywhere anytime with my bookie yeah that's going to be a that's going to be a huge game that patriots bills game oh yeah big facts huge implications huge implications um 
It's crazy that I mean, Buffalo and uh, Buffalo and New York haven't played each other this year once, or, or the Patriots, Buffalo and Patriots haven't played each other yet. So they got they have to play each other twice throughout the rest of the season. If 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 I was a bad man, and I am, I I, I occasionally bet the NFL, not as much as I do college ball, but uh, sometimes it comes down to okay, one side got Josh Allen and the other got Mac Jones, and I know Mac Jones is efficient and that's all well and goddamn good, but. Would you rather race with a Ferrari or a Honda? <laughs> I'm, I'm going Josh Allen in this matchup. I think the, yeah, I think the Bills yeah, Bills got a little put, too much firepower. We put the kiss of death on the Bills. Bad New England people. <laughs> put the kiss of death on their ass. <laughs> Josh Allen, four-pick game on deck. <laughs> yup, yup. Worst game of the season. Worst game of the season. Like Bill Belichick listening to this shit right now using his spy phone, his spy gate headsets. Like, okay. <laughs> you, motherfucker, you motherfuckers thinking, okay, I got some forwards in. Wait, we can get all into gambling later and the lack thereof and my inability to gamble. But uh, Virginia Tech played in the Commonwealth Cup, the Commonwealth Cup game presented by Smithfield. Shout out to man. Shout out to everybody that grew up in Virginia eating Smithfield bacon. All y'all cookouts had Smithfield hot dogs. Shout out to all my dogs working at the Smithfield plant. This one was for us, baby. All my Smithfield hot dog eaters out here. Uh, to, to, to everybody that's not from the Commonwealth of Virginia or not even familiar with Smithfield, Virginia, that is the only thing in that city. Is that fucking play? If, that, if they couldn't make bacon and hot dogs and shit over there, Smithfield, Virginia would just be space. It would just be open space. It wouldn't be shit to do, nothing, nowhere to work, nothing. <laughs> Shout out to Smithfield packing, man. Shout out to all my dogs over there making hot dogs. God bless you and your efforts. But uh, we won the game, man. Wow. 29 to 24 in a wild, crazy, emotional J.C. Price smoking cigars on the 50-yard on the line. Huge emotional game. Had people saying crazy shit after the game. Oh, yeah. Um, But the Hokies pull it off. I said before the game, and shout out to our lying ass co-host that filled in last week, Ike at RVA who, who was predicting like 48 points and 50 some points. Uh you gotta play defense. <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, gotta play stop, defense. You gotta stop the running game. We're running all over them all day long. You got you gotta stop something. So when I talk to people that talk about talk up their offense, and UVA had a horrible, probably one of their worst defenses of all time. And they keep saying our offense, our offense, and how y'all going to stop us? Bitch, how you going to stop us? What if, <laughs> how you going to stop us? What if, what if y'all stopped? Oh, yeah, man, BYU put up 98. Points. <laughs> like, it's the crazy shit. But uh, let's get into the game. And Braxton Burmeister had one of his better games, UVA killer, I guess, uh, Six of 14, 141 yards in the touchdown, one to Tavian Robinson, 12 carries, 115 yards. Um, what can I say? The man's a UVA killer. Oh, he uh, is. Blackshear, Blackshear had the best game of his career easily. Mm -hmm. um, after the shit they did against Miami, giving him two carries, he had 18 carries, 169 yards, and a touchdown. Blackshear has been the man – most of November, uh, he's had a career resurgence. Yeah. Um, off offensively, 
when when we're able to run the ball for 320 yards, I think that was Fuente and Corn's ultimate dream of this offense from I want to say 2018 going after Ryan Willis graduated. I yeah. think Fuente and Cornelson's dream, whether that be Hooker or whoever playing quarterback going forward, was we were going to be a run dominant team, control the ball and run for 320. And multiple people could get off, and it sets up this crazy play action. And uh, we lost a lot of games uh, trying it. But this was like the, this was like the swan song of Cornelson. This is the way he wanted to go out. Um, what was your take on the offense? Uh, any offensive performances you want to highlight? Things like that. Yeah, I mean, I think Burmeister played pretty okay when he was in the game uh, for the most part. Um, I really hated seeing Blumrick in running the ball. It was tough to watch. Uh, was not a fan of that, but pretty much everything else that the offense did seemed to be working. Uh, you know, Tavion Robinson only had three catches, but for 89 yards and a touchdown and he looked great. Uh, the running game was good too. Burmeister ripped off a big run that he almost had a touchdown on, but he kind of just slowed mm-hmm. down at the end. So mm-hmm. overall, overall good effort from the offense, um, especially, you know, after UVA put up a touchdown early on, Uh, The offense was kind of playing from behind and they did a good job. So I was pleased. But my question to you is, how are you feeling during the first half? Were you you thinking that UVA was kind of going to like pull away a little bit? Or do you think like what are your Uh, thoughts? Yeah, because it came out kind of flat. I thought UVA was going to I thought UVA was going to run it up. And um, they had a we had a fourth and we were about to punt from maybe our eight or nine yard line or something, they roughed the punter. So instead of them able to get the ball back, they were going to score because they were rolling at that point. They were going to score and then they were going to get the ball at halftime and probably at the end of the half and probably score again. I think that roughing the punter loomed huge. Yes. I don't remember exactly what we did with it. I think we did get go down. I know for a fact they didn't weren't able to get the ball back before half. And I think that's what killed them. I think mistakes like that has killed UVA for years playing Virginia Tech because it's like we are not the New England Patriots. We're not the New England Patriots, but we're their New England Patriots, which means sometimes they get into their own heads like, oh, we we feel like we got to do something. Sometimes they we're going to get into more of that dumbass shit later, but they get into they get into their own head about they build us up to be something that we're not and mm-hmm. they do shit and it ends up always costing them. Yeah. They were up. I want to say 21 to 14. They were about to get the ball back before the half ended. They probably would have scored and then they won't get the ball after the half and score again. The game is over. The game is over with, but uh, they, they, they pretty much fumbled it. Their offense before Brendan Armstrong was hurt and we we're going to get into the defense was we couldn't fuck with them. Mm-hmm. We, we could not fuck with their offense. I mean, they couldn't run, which, I mean, we knew that. But those receivers, uh, Brandon Armstrong, you know, he was playing hurt. But he looked like prime Brandon Armstrong to me. He trucked three motherfuckers going into the end yeah. zone. So yeah, that was rough. He was running all over us. and He, uh, was, he was killing us. But uh, uh, You're right. I mean, we couldn't stop the wide receivers. The, the beginning of the game looked pretty bleak, and I thought that – you know, we came out flat. I thought they could have easily turned, you know, turn it up, and we could have been uh, playing from behind. But you know, they kept it together, and the 
Virginia Tech came out pretty pretty hot in the second half, so that definitely definitely helped us out. But I thought that it was gonna be a I thought it was gonna be a rough day at the start, especially after that touchdown where we're strong and Tisdale just didn't want to didn't want to make a tackle. I was like, oh man, that was lame. this is gonna be tough. That was horrible. Tisdale and Strong making business decision plays, the one in no parts of Jelani Woods. Mm-hmm. That was that was a bad look, but. They can't. They got it together. Uh, it seemed like I don't know what JC Price said today at halftime, but it it seemed like two different teams. Oh yeah. Um, especially we, defensively. We had, especially defensively, Brendan Armstrong did hurt his ankle, so that took away not only his ability to run as effectively, but to plant and throw accurately. So, there was things working in our favor as far as. Them getting injured, I think Billy Kemp, Billy Kemp, uh, shit himself, uh, <laughs> according to Norrell Pollard, and and some players that hopped into the post game space, uh, uh, Billy Kemp shit himself, and Brendan Armstrong hurt his ankle, and they had a lot of things working against them, but I mean, tough Teddy said the kitty, but the milk's still good. I mean, yeah. what the fuck I'm supposed to do with that? Uh, we had motherfuckers hurt too, mm-hmm. and and not playing and playing hurt or shit. Burmeister. Wrapped in duct tape playing. He's Everybody's been hurt, hurt since fucking week one, bro. He's been <laughs> yeah, hurt the so whole Everybody's season. hurt. Trey Turner so, wasn't even playing. Trey Turner, I think Trey Turner was in on special teams or some shit. Yeah, that's Kicked, it. Picked up on side. So we didn't have a healthy Trey Turner. We didn't have a healthy Burmeister. Uh, we didn't have James Mitchell. No James Mitchell. Everybody's hurt. So everybody's hurt. Everybody's hurt. Do you think this game says more about Virginia's like inability to be good rather than Virginia's? Yes, it's about it's about with UVA. Um, they are afraid of us, and I said it on Twitter during the game. I think it was for the when they roughed the punter. Which why are you going after the punter? You about to get the ball back and score anyway. Um, they cannot put out they can't they can't never put Virginia Tech out their misery. All Virginia Tech fans was ready. Like, all right, it's been the world's shittiest season. They they about to end our season. We're not going to a bowl game. It's over with. Let's just get ready for our coaching search. Yep. And they just could not, they just were not capable of doing what what they should have done. They were a better team. This was the best UVA offense I have ever seen in my life. And I'm older than most. I'm older than most of y'all. So this was the best UVA offense we will ever see. And these motherfuckers got as many wins as one of the shittiest offenses I've ever seen for Virginia Tech. So let that shit sink in. Mm-hmm. This this great Virginia offense didn't score a single point in the fourth quarter and had multiple chances to do so. And then on top of that, they had that horrendous play on third and seven where they threw it to their offensive lineman that was. I was just so fucking hilarious. So but. let's talk about it. So it's it's third down. It's third and seven, I believe. Yep. And they throw into the left tackle, Bobby Haskins. And uh, it was behind the line because I don't think – I think he didn't, like, you know, report eligible and all that other shit. So they throw it behind the line to the left tackle where we're playing zone coverage. We're playing off zone coverage because it's third and seven. <laughs> mm-hmm. So at that point, 
they, he takes a drop, Brandon Armstrong, he drops back, he looks right, and he throws it left to the left tackle, who's maybe three or four yards behind the line of scrimmage. He has to catch it because it's thrown behind. So it ain't like he can – it just looks crazy and take the incomplete because you lose more yardage. Yeah. So when he catches the ball, Dorian Strong, they just – okay. <laughs> just okay, all we got to do is rally, rally up and make the tackle. It's not like the, the kid was able to get ahead of steam or anything or have blockers out front. So we tackle him behind the line for loss, and that was fourth and, what, 11? It was – I think it was like fourth and 14 at that point. Yeah, they, they lost yardage. So it was like, that's pretty much a ball game. Uh, he pretty much fucked them. I think if UVA was going to do anything, they should have just ran it straight up. If you're going to run the ball or try to do something, try to make it fourth and three or some shit. Like, don't, mm-hmm. don't get cute. My thing is this. If you got Keaton Thompson, who's a thousand-yard receiver, Dontavian Wicks, who's a thousand-yard receiver, Billy Kemp, who was a 500-yard receiver and was killing us, had over 100 yards. And Jelani Woods, this all-world tight end that we couldn't guard. Throw it to them. Yeah, the I don't know. you throwing to Bobby Haskins for left tackle? Why are you throwing to any lineman with, the, with, the, with, with, your, with your season on the line? Yeah, I've never even seen that trick play before. Like, I can't even, I can't even imagine – that actually working. I don't see a scenario where that works unless, unless like the I, other team plays like a man coverage where they blitz everyone, but we're just sitting in a I zone. See, I only see it working on the goal line. Mm-hmm. Like maybe on the goal line. And like you said, we're expecting run or some shit. And it's yeah. fool nobody. We're, we're, we're sitting back in zone. It, it didn't, it didn't fool nobody. And, with your season on the line against your heated rival. And then Bronco going to say after the game, well, we ran this in practice and it worked and all that. You know what the fuck you was running that shit on? The worst <laughs> UVA defense I've seen in my life. Of course that shit was working. <laughs> what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, it worked in practice. No shit, it worked against them bum-ass niggas. What are you talking about? Of course it worked in practice. Bro probably felt like Calvin fucking Johnson in practice don't run in that shit on these motherfuckers. As I'm rewatching the game as I'm <laughs> these niggas sorry as hell. But yeah, uh I don't understand uh I don't understand it. Uh, I feel like you got all these badass receivers. Why are you throwing to a lineman? Uh mm-hmm. you got Brendan Armstrong himself and he was hobbled and he wasn't right, but I would rather win the game with him or his receivers before I throw it to a tackle. Mm-hmm. We, and we're not talking about Panay Sewell or, you know, Alex Leatherwood or, you know, one of these great left tackles of, of the last decade. We're talking about who? Bobby Haskins. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fucking wild. Bobby fucking, not, not uh, Hassan Haskins from Michigan, a real, a real one. Bobby <laughs> Bobby Haskins, his fat white cousin that plays for UVA, <laughs> I guess. Oh, uh, that shit is crazy. Mm-hmm. And they just fumbled the game away, and they just like shot themselves in the foot with that play. And uh, you know, Virginia Tech gave him every option to to win that game, especially with the Blumrick fumble mm-hmm. at the end. You know, we gave them every opportunity. We did not have no business winning that football game. No, uh, we had no business. Uh, they threw the ball. 
for 414 yards as a team. Brendan Armstrong had 400 yards passing. He got hurt. The backup came in, committed a pass. To, I mean, completed the pass to two. They ran the ball for 76 yards, which kind of was their undoing because uh, defensive line, he had all day. Brendan Armstrong had all day to pass. He had all day to pass. I guess we was just like, fuck it. We just not going to get ran on. Uh, Brendan Armstrong, do your thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, once Brendan Armstrong got hurt and he kind of lost his – and Brendan Armstrong doesn't have the biggest arm anyway. He's kind of a ti- – he's a timing passer. Yeah. He's a, he's like a very poor man's Joe Burrow. Very so poor. Like very poor. <laughs> very, very. I always say very, very. poor. Very. 4,000-yard passes. But Joe Burrow <laughs> put up – he broke up. Joe Burrow rewrote. Joe Burrow put up fucking sixty touchdowns, sixty some touchdowns. That's true, but he okay. He's a very <laughs> poor man's Joe Burrow, which that ain't bad space to be in. He's a great timing passer. He don't got the arm Joe Burrow has, but he does have the accuracy to touch. But he doesn't have a big arm, and he's not a big kid. You know, he gets hurt. So, yep, he had four hundred yards, but he only had the one touchdown. So they weren't really cashing in off all these positions, and they couldn't run the ball either. So once he got hurt, it kind of took all the venom out of their offense for real, and they resorted yeah. to bullshit. They resorted to hickory dickory doc bullshit. <laughs> what happened. It's they went facts. back to the nursery rhyme shit that they used to run when Brennan, when Brennan was quarterback and Keaton was quarterback and that other motherfucker was quarterback, and they would rotate all three of them in. They, they went back to the nursery rhyme shit, and that's mm-hmm. what you get. Yeah, I completely. We agree. ran the nursery rhyme shit too, and almost lost with Blumrick. But we we're, we're a nursery rhyme offense. We've been yeah, nursery rhyming all fucking year. Yeah, that's what we was. We were on brand. They weren't. <laughs> that's why it's bad on them. So what you're telling me is Virginia Tech is better at being Virginia Tech than Virginia is being at Virginia Tech. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And we and, and we did that. We did it. Like I said, it was. I think it was. Fuente's ultimate dream to have average quarterbacks uh, running the ball for over 100 yards. It was it was gritty as hell, I guess. And and we ran the ball for 320 yards. It was the Fuente wet dream. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, we, we lost. We did all this losing. We punted on three seasons for that performance. That was like the ultimate Fuente game. That's that's. I'm pretty sure he sipped his warm milk. At home, he had a tear in his eye. That's what, <laughs> that's what all this was for at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. What do you think about the attendance being only like 76% in this rivalry game? Because, you know, we were talking before the game about this not being really a rivalry anymore and that, you know, a lot of fans would rather have – it was, If it West was Virginia. 76%, then I, I think we probably con- contributed – we probably well, contributed at least probably half. half. Yeah, it was like a, we stormed their fucking field. Yeah. How often do you see I've that? I've never seen that in my life where opposing fans storm the rival field. We <laughs> stormed their wild. field and planted our flag on their field. <laughs> yeah, that's some craziness. That's some high level disrespect right there. That's high level. You'll never see disrespect like that in college football because, first and foremost, one, most uh, on rivalry week, the home team shows up. Exactly. <laughs> the home team shows up. And 
and and the thing about Charlottesville, Virginia, and Blacksburg, Virginia, or the Commonwealth of Virginia, period, is the way the state is set up, the Commonwealth is set up, is you got Charlottesville and its surrounding areas, and that's like UVA country, whatever that means. But like surrounding all of that is like tech country. Mm-hmm. It's UVA grads and shit in the, you know, DC area. They could give a fuck. They don't care. You know, they, they're not coming down. So, right. and I'm pretty sure there's UVA grads in the 757. They're not going over there for that. You have been asked for over 20 years. So they're not going. So what ends up happening is everybody surrounding Charlottesville area, they go to the game and they disrespect and they storm the field and they write T on the V on their field. They, we've been stepping on shit over there for years, disrespecting mm-hmm. them, putting shit on Thomas Jefferson. You think they're going to come to Blacksburg and disrespect? Fuck no, they're not invested enough. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly. a. They don't got enough. They don't have enough in our zones to come disrespect. It, this is the only place where you'll see this type of disrespect every other year, because right. of every other rivalry. Michigan fans go to uh, Columbus. They come correct because they know they could. They could not leave the building yep. in one piece. <laughs> and vice versa. Same thing with Auburn and Alabama fans. When they come to the opposing game, it's nothing but respect because they cannot leave. But you go to Charlottesville? Who, who, gonna put, who gonna put hands on you in Charlottesville? Who? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> go over there and disrespect that shit all you want. Yeah, it's wild to me, man, because, you know, like you said before, this is like one of the best offenses they ever had, and they still can't get fans to come for the biggest game, you know? I mean, I understand that they've had like an underwhelming season and they've had some losses, but still, like, I mean, so did Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech had an underwhelming season. They still packed it. Still it's, made the trip. It's, it's two different fan bases. Yep. It's, it, even in a bad year, Virginia Tech fans, like like I said, I ain't want to watch these games. <laughs> I don't want to watch these games. I don't want to wait for the bowl game to potentially go to Annapolis in a in the wintertime or Charlotte. And I got to look up ticket prices and all this other shit and who I'm riding with and who's going and hotels and all. I, and, and where we going to stay. I don't want to have to potentially spend all this money. I was kind of like, okay, we're not going to a bowl game. Cool. <laughs> now I got to look up hotels. Where we going? Where we staying? It's more work. <laughs> money out my goddamn pocket. I was chilling. So... Yeah. But I'm still going to go, even though it's a six and six year, a dead year. We got an interim coach. Um, well, actually, we got a new coach, but an interim coach coached that game and is going to coach the next game. And it, it just, it, it's, that's the difference between the fan bases. And I think if, if, if a bowl game, any bowl game that gets to choose that has an ACC slot, whether they want six and six UVA or six and six Virginia Tech, they're choosing Virginia Tech every time. Yep. They're choosing Virginia Tech every time because they know we're going to have a better fan turnout. We might not bring everybody. We might not sell out the entire allotment, but we're going to bring more people than what UVA plans on bringing. Oh, 100%. I think this oh. game as a whole just goes to show how far off Virginia is from, from yeah. actually you know doing anything, That's, really. I've been saying this shit for years, and, and I don't say it as a troll. This era, this Bronco era of UVA, because I'm not going to sit up here and cap like he didn't do nothing for the program because Mike London, like the end of the Mike London era, they was in such bad shape 
that Bronco bringing them in and getting them to bowls and shit was a good thing for them. But right. it's like, eventually, what the fuck? Like, this was a down era for Tech. Like, every Tech, well, most Tech fans was like, yo, we supposed to be losing to them. Right. And even, and we was, don't get me wrong, it was all cat and dog fights, but they should have dominated us for four years straight. After 2018, they should have been killing us. Yep. I Bryce agree. Perkins went one and one. He's one of the greatest players of all time. And he's one and one. I mean, epic games that came down to fumbles and shit. Mm-hmm. But the fuck, like, we could have beat, like, they say we could have beat, they could have beat us in 2018. Well, bitch, we could have beat y'all in 2019. What are we talking about? This right. was your best era. This is Broncos, like, they was high on Broncos. We was over Fuente by then. And, they, and we were still beating them. Right. 2020, we whooped them. Exactly. It's like the, the one team that we can count on Virginia Tech to beat, even in this era. Right. And and we're and, and we're very active in, in VT Twitter. And I'm, I'm I interact with everybody. I talk to the most optimistic fans, to the most pessimistic fans. And whether they had us winning going to the playoff or winning just two games, everybody said we're beating UVA. Everybody. I, I ain't see one fan that said we're not beating UVA. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the season, it, no, the most the most negative hokey fans were like, "Okay, so I said, so who are we beating? Okay, so UVA, Richmond." <laughs> yeah, no, it's facts. I mean, literally everybody said that the losses were going to come to North Carolina, Miami, and uh, yeah. Notre Dame. Like that was the consensus. Nobody ever yeah. said we were going to lose to Virginia. Not a soul. Every season, when when people say. I think we're gonna go six and six and seven and five. Well, who we gonna be? Oh, with UVA. Like they start there. <laughs> At least UVA. At least UVA. And or, or we say some shit like, I mean, yeah, we're gonna beat all the shitty teams. UVA, McNeese State, <laughs> Middle Tennessee. <laughs> it's like it's just a difference in expectations. We expect to beat them. UVA, they pray that they can beat us. They hope that they can beat us. We yeah, know they're beating them. They have a clock, you know, counting down to when they can beat us every year. And they, and we reset down. the clock. Meanwhile, in our meanwhile, Virginia is in the back of our heads. We don't even right. really care. Like we have bigger the only aspirations. Why these games that. be somewhat big games for us is because we trying to get the bowls. Like other which we need this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we looking through these motherfuckers. Like man, y'all motherfuckers is a means to an end. We trying to get to a bowl. I don't know why the fuck y'all out here. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree, man. It's just tough for them right now. And the thing is, too, I want to ask you this. Do you think West Virginia would be a better rival for Virginia yes. Tech to have on rivalry weekend? Absolutely. Because let me tell you, let me tell you what I know. And, and I've been to a West Virginia game. I've never been to Morgantown, but I've been to a West Virginia game. Um, they are going to lead with all, all the disrespect. So the players, you're not going to see no shit. Like Dorian Strong and and, and Allen Tisdale not want to tackle a motherfucker at the one yard line because they're going to have all the juice necessary. They're not going to be half checked out. Kind of don't want it. No, nah, they're going to be fired up to want to do some shit in that game. I don't give a fuck what the records say. Yep. Um. The that that's going to be one of those. Oh, it's enough energy in this building <laughs> to supply us with the energy that we need. I think I think we was kind of lulled to sleep by UVA at first. Ah, man, this bullshit ass game. That's a, I yeah. just want the season to be over. Want enough juice in there. And then UVA with a fucking half empty stadium. 
it wasn't enough juice, mm-hmm. you know. So, JC Price, shout outs to him. He deserves this moment. Uh, the, the people saying he, they should just keep up that said before we had a coach, they should have just made JC Price coach. Uh, uh, chill, yeah, relax. 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 Shout out JC Price. I think he follows both of us. Yeah, yeah he did. He followed me the other day. I was yeah, man. Shout out JC. Hey, JC Price. Come on, Dolphin Fridays. Tell your story. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, head coach. No, I mean because let's say this Bobby Haskins motherfucker breaks that tackle and gets into the end zone. We having a whole different. Conversation. Oh yeah, a whole different combo. JC Price be zero two. They wouldn't give a fuck about that former hokey shit. None of that. It'd be a whole different di- discussion. So sometimes yeah. you got to keep your uh, got keep shit in certain perspectives. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Wit did. So we'll get to that in a little bit. We're gonna get to that in a little bit. Anything else on this UVA game? UVA game that we need to speak on? Uh, oh yeah, only, UVA only... did. UVA did not cover. By the way, I think it was touchdown favorite. The only thing I got to say is this game was kind of sad to watch because I watched the Michigan-Ohio State game right before this, and, like, the quality and everything was so much better. And, like, the game was awesome. And then I flipped it to this game, and this game just sucked off the start. And I was like, damn, man. Like, I really wish Virginia and Virginia Tech could be in, like, a matchup like the Michigan-Ohio State game because that was so much cooler. So and, and, then, and then it's up in Michigan, so it's like snowing and shit. Oh, it was so cool. One of my buddies was at the game, and he went on the field afterwards, like when everybody stormed the field and sent me pictures. How it was sick. Was it snowing up here? Oh, it's been snowing, bro. I got snow on someone's window right now. Fuck, <laughs> like 60 degrees down here. <laughs> you guys got it good, man. You guys got it good. Fucking snowing up here. Yeah. But, I mean, speaking of Michigan, RIP to the people. I think somebody shot a school. Yeah, up, man. We got- Absolutely fucked up. That was right by where I lived this past summer, like literally like five minutes away. Super yeah, sad. People, people out there doing killing and shooting and all that. Uh, we gotta, and that, that that's like what the second worst thing that happened this week. Somebody did some crazy shit in Wisconsin. Yeah, at a holiday parade, hurt some kids. Like, yeah, what the fuck is wrong with people? Some bad news. Some bad it's news. Fucking demons walk. It's fucking demons amongst us. Mm-hmm. But um, let me get into my week 13 last. I picked the ACC games, the rivalry games by myself. Uh, so that there, there was room for lots of fucking lies to be told. <laughs> uh, um, UNC uh, fumbled away my fucking money. Um, I had I had UNC winning straight up. They ended up covering. NC State was five point favorites, but. UNC up 10 points, I believe, with two minutes left. Gave it the fuck away. Gave it up. Shout out Cameron Kelly. Shout out Tony Graham, 757 all day. Y'all fumbled it, my boys. Y'all gave up the booty with the money on the table. Y'all gave the booty up. Mm-hmm. And it was on y'all feet. And it was a lot of people tweeting and shit. I don't snipe. I don't really snipe at kids. Uh, too too tough. Oh, uh, actually, I do. But I don't really snipe <laughs> at Virginia kids. I don't snipe at Virginia kids. Like you know, should have came to take because they ass be giving it up here too. Yeah. It's part of the game. It's part of playing DB. You are gonna give it up sometimes. But uh, it was a lot of people on the time that talk about Dre Blind lied to these kids. What did he lie about? They got the free shoes. They got the swag, and they still go to the NFL. What did he lie about? Right. They didn't lie about shit. They had a they had a down year. 
Now, if they go their entire UNC careers, which they actually did some winning last year, um, if they, they go to the rest of their careers not winning no more and they don't go pro, then yeah, the motherfucker did lie. But uh, stop. Let me say this to Hokie fans. Stop pretending you give a fuck about these kids because you don't. Oh, they're trying to get developed. You don't give a fuck. Yeah, just sniping them for no reason. It's just lame. It's just lame. Nobody gives a fuck what you have hey, to say. On get Twitter. your UNC trolls off. I'm not here to be the fan police or the troll police. Get your trolls off. But stop pretending like you give any shits about they're not getting the proper development because you don't know what the fuck they're getting. When Mel Kiper puts his big board out and the motherfuckers on, ain't on it, then say they ain't get developed. But until then, man, shut the fuck. I done seen corners from losing teams go first round all the time. J.C. Yeah. Horn was a first-round corner. South Carolina won, like, two games last year. Bro, let's talk about Derek Stingley. He hasn't been good since his freshman year. He's been on a losing team pretty much for his past two years. He's been hurt, and he's still going to go top five. And he's been getting burnt, too, yeah, yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. He's you're, still going top five. Still going top five. Your individual talent got nothing to do with the overall defense or the team losing. Right. Like, like Miles Garrett was the number one pick. Texas and then we lost, like, four or five games. Like, like just because the team the team is losing, or even if you're showing some some flaws in your game, they like they break down the film. These 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 draft experts. So you also got to remember that Tony Grimes like reclassified, so he's really young to be playing. He's, yes, he's eighteen super, years old. Super young. Like not a lot of eighteen year olds can be out there playing the way he's been playing. Right. So shout out to them. Um. I root for all Virginia. I root for Virginia kids, especially seven five seven kids. Uh, it's it's funny, you know. They did give it up. Like if you want to acknowledge that, yes, these two motherfuckers gave it up. Then yeah. But once people get into that, they're not getting coached and all this other shit, and they just took the money and they don't give a fuck about being developed. Shut up. You don't mm-hmm. know what the fuck these people go through. Uh, but I lied. I lied. I told the truth and lied because <laughs> you want to see their cover, but they didn't win. And uh, Georgia beat the shit out of Georgia Tech next. Uh, <laughs> we knew that. We knew that. Even, even I couldn't fuck that one up. Yeah. Uh, I had Boston College beating Wake Forest. <laughs> Wake Forest beat the shit out of Boston College 41 to 10. Wake Forest is the ACC Atlantic champion where they will face uh, Pitt and Charlotte where mm-hmm. nobody's going to that game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Wake Wake is defeated. The lie of November is I said that Wake will have a shitty November. They only lost to UNC and Clemson, so it wasn't as shitty as I had predicted. Yeah. Uh, once again, Florida State. Uh, Florida State. I had Florida State over UF. Florida State covered, but they lost, so I still lied. Another did you lie. take? Do you take a money line? Or you take them spread. I took a money line. I said Florida State winning. I said Florida don't got no coach. A lie. I'm a fucking liar. Uh, Miami beat the shit out of Duke. Knicks. We knew that. Uh, shout out Cuddy with your unemployed ass. Uh, they can say they mutually decided to fire this motherfucker. However, they can word it however you want. They fired his ass. However you want to say it. Um. Pitt beat Cuse, Pitt cover versus Cuse, and no surprise there. Um, Clemson beat South Carolina 30 to nothing, beat the shit out of them. Shane Beamer, 6-6, six six, potential Virginia Tech bowl opponent. 
been some discussions. Would love to see it. Uh, Twitter, Twitter would be fun that week. Definitely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I think I picked. I think I picked Clemson. I, I normally, I've been riding with Clemson the second half of the season. I would have been riding with you lying about Clemson all year long. So yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's about time they, they won. These motherfuckers still, I think, got nine or ten wins or some shit. Yeah, so, they do. They're even at like... their even at their worst, they still are a successful program. So shout out Dabo. Mm-hmm. And the truth for the week, and I want all my flowers for this one. I said Kentucky. I don't know why Louisville was even favorite over Kentucky. I said Kentucky beating the shit out of Louisville. There is no way. I say Louisville got the better quarterback, but that don't mean shit. Kentucky's a far better team than Louisville, and fifty-two twenty-one proves me correct. Um, so that's true for the week. Yes, I was picking these by myself, so you have no last to atone. I got, I got nothing. I got nothing. Although I would have done the same thing. I think Louisville's been some frauds all season long. They started off looking absolutely terrible, and then they like managed to finesse their way through the middle of the season. But I still think they're a pretty garbage team outside of their quarterback. Yeah, outside of Malik Cunningham, Malik Cunningham kind of carried the team, been carrying the team through the moderate success they had. But they was not about to be the outfit. Like Kentucky and and Kentucky is a nine-win team in the SEC. Yeah, somebody needs to put some respect on Mark Stoops' name. Uh, he his name has come up for some big-time jobs, but as of right now, Wednesday, December the what's today, the second. Uh, yeah, first, yeah, the first. The win, uh, but you'll be listening to this Thursday or the second or Friday the third. Um, Mark Stoops is still at Kentucky. People need to put respect on his name because he recruits pretty well. For it to be Kentucky, and they are pretty successful for it to be Kentucky football. So, shout outs to him. But uh, yeah, bad week for me, uh, both financially and <laughs> reputation wise. I guess <laughs> week fourteen is championship week uh, for all Power Five schools, for for all uh, for all FBS schools. Um. We're going to start with the game that plays first on Friday night, the Pac-12 championship, Oregon versus Utah. I believe they played a Pac-12 championship at the 49ers, Santa Clara. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. If not, if not, they play that shit in L.A. somewhere. They had never moved that bitch from California. So uh, number 10, Oregon. Let me put some respect on these teams. Man. Number 10, Oregon versus number 14, Utah. Um. I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go first. Um, yeah. What do the, you have these games are always weird. These teams just played each other recently. Utah won, uh, beat Oregon when Oregon had playoff aspirations. Um, <laughs> usually, the team that wins in the regular season loses in the championship. So I am gonna take Oregon to beat Utah this game. Uh, it's just. Pac-12 is super inconsistent. You never really know what's going to happen. So I just feel like uh, Oregon's going to play a little bit more angry than Utah and just win. I, I also got I also got Oregon for the same reasons. Um, I know Mario Cristobal, Oregon's head coach, was is linked to was potentially linked to the potentially open Miami job, but Miami as of right now did not fire Manny Diaz. And I think that was the only job Cristobal was linked to. So maybe, you know, there was some distraction going on in Oregon land. So 
Yeah. He's gonna come out here and I think he's gonna he gonna all right. Let me make an example out one of these motherfuckers and beat the shit out of uh beat the shit out of Oregon, gain some respect back. Yeah. And and, and things of that nature. I believe too that this game is for a New Year's six uh bid. So it's oh, got yeah, some, it's got some it's got some weight on it. It's not like just another absolutely. conference championship if it's, for if nothing. It's Pac twelve. It's definitely role yeah. bowl implications. Oh, 100 percent. So I, the, these teams are both oh, going to be the trying. Role bowl part of the playoff because I forgot. They uh, no, no, it's not. Uh, Orange Bowl is part of the playoff, and I'm blanking on the other one. But the Rose Bowl, is it not. don't matter. If yeah. if it on when when the Rose Bowl isn't part of the playoff, then the Pac twelve teams normally. Yeah. They're normally playing for that. That's their shit. That's their that's their version of our Orange Bowl bid. So correct, yeah. So I'd imagine I'd imagine Oregon wins this game and goes to the Rose Bowl. Um, and yeah, it's pretty much. I think they would probably play Ohio State then because uh, Michigan would be the Rose Bowl, but they're probably gonna beat Iowa and then go to the playoff. So playoff, <laughs> the Big Twelve championship game, the Zombie. The zombie conference, they, they still have a championship game as of right now. Uh, <laughs> no Texas, no Oklahoma. Um, I heard this is the first time that's happened since like in 20 years of some crazy shit. Like K-State with motherfucking Darren Sproles or some shit. Yeah. The last time. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Shout out so- Darren Sproles, a legend. I mean, honestly, the Oklahoma State-Oklahoma rivalry is very similar to Virginia-Virginia Tech. And Oklahoma State, I think Mike Gundy's was 2-14 and 14 against Oklahoma before mm-hmm. they beat him last weekend. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it just never happens. But what do you got shaking out first? You just taking Oklahoma State? I honestly have not watched one snap of either team all season. <laughs> I, I'm Give me Baylor. Give me Baylor. Um, Whatever points that is, uh, give me Baylor straight up. I'm taking Baylor. I'm with no education on what either of these teams been doing all year. Just give me Baylor. <laughs> I ain't even know Baylor was good. Yeah, ba- Baylor. Baylor's pretty solid, and it's kind of wild to to look at because last year, you know, we were thinking we thought maybe maybe Fuente was gonna leave for Baylor, and uh, shit, he should have because. Fucking, he's he doesn't have a job the right now. The motherfuckers would be nowhere near number nine. If oh, that's fact. I mean, that's facts. That's facts. But he still doesn't have a job. <laughs> he would. He probably. You know what? You know what? Maybe you're right because Fuente has proven at the Power Five level, where you Memphis Troopers out there at the Power Five level, he can at least coast off another motherfucker's team. Yeah. So maybe he could have went to Baylor after off Matt Rule's success and did a couple teams, but uh. I know about what about Memphis? What about Memphis? <laughs> what about that shit? Nobody gonna fuck about Memphis. Shout out Memphis. Um, but I got Baylor. Uh I got Baylor. And like I say, I don't know shit. Um, yeah. So do not follow me into the gates of hell on that one. I'm taking Baylor. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take Oklahoma State. I just it's more of a fan thing for me. I wanna see them in the playoff. I think it'd be cool just to see, you know, them be the ones to get smoked by Georgia. But that's where I'm going. So, the uh, S- go ahead. yeah, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. The SEC championship, uh, playoff, major playoff implications on the line. Uh, maybe if Georgia loses, they stay in. Who knows? But if Bama smokes Georgia, maybe Bama, I mean, maybe Georgia falls out completely. But 
number one Georgia versus I think it's number three Bama. I seen Bama four, three, whatever. Bama's in as of right yeah, now. Three. Um, three. What do you have shaking out in this epic SEC this championship? Is, game? This is a huge game. Uh fuck, man. I feel like Bama's been Bama's been up and down recently, very inconsistent. They should have lost to Auburn this past weekend. Yes, they uh, should. They definitely should have lost to Auburn. And that then this game wouldn't really be as big of a game as it is right now. But, you know, if you have a better quarterback in any matchup, you got a shot. And Bryce Young is the better quarterback in this matchup. So Bama does have a shot. But I think Georgia is just too complete of a team right now. Um, mm. And also, I really don't want to see Bama win because it's going to totally fuck the whole playoff up if they if they win. So uh, I'm going to take Georgia on this one with the with the spread. I'm taking I'm. I'm taking Bama. I'm taking Bama. Um, it's something about Georgia. Georgia is we make a lot of UVA Virginia Tech references, but Georgia, even though Bama Georgia isn't a rivalry, there's a Charlie Brown aspect to Georgia when they play Bama in these spots. There's this you'll never keep the football, Charlie Brown. Right. It's just the way it goes. Whether it whether it's the game where I think this was 2008. With Georgia water all black. It was a home game for Georgia. Nick Saban was in like year two of uh, 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 his. Uh, uh, it wasn't even the dynasty yet. It wasn't even what we thought it was going to be. And and I remember Bama beat the shit out of that Georgia team that was supposed to. Mind you, this Georgia team had no Sean Moreno, AJ Green, like motherfuckers. I think Matt Stafford was. I think gone. yes, I think had. Stafford was there. Yeah. No, he was gone. I think Joe Cox was the quarterback. But still, like, they had so much skill, talent, and talent on the edge and talent at DB, and Bama came in there and beat the shit out of them. Out of them, but like John Parker Wilson or one of these motherfuckers. It was bad. And uh, freshman Julio Jones and shit. So it's, it's a Charlie Brown aspect in Georgia. And then it goes further than that. There's the game where Georgia ran the clock out in the SEC championship game with uh, Aaron Murray. There's obviously the infamous national championship game where Georgia should have won the game. Yep. And uh, lost the game to a freshman tour. There was the game the very next year when Jalen Hurts came off the bench and beat them like Georgia got too many demons. They got too many Bama demons. And I think the motherfuckers are going to creep right back in. And uh, I think these motherfuckers might be doing it again in yeah. the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I, I, would, I really wouldn't like to see it because I think it's going to kind of suck. But I could totally see it happening. Um, we'll get into this conversation in our later segment about where, where everything gets seated. But um, it's going to be a mess if, if Bama wins. It's going to be a mess because Nick Saban, don't lose these games. Uh, like, if, if you give Nick Saban, you got to eliminate Bama from the playoffs before the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And this is a playoff game. I mean, this is literally. This, this is, is basically a playoff this game. This is a playoff game. You got to eliminate Nick Saban before the playoffs. And I'm not talking about what, what Nick Saban does in the playoffs because they've lost, you know, championship games and semifinal games versus Ohio State and shit like that. But with opportunities to go to the playoffs, oh Nick Saban don't lose them. Mm-hmm. They never lose them. They would have lost. They would if Nick Saban was built different. They'd have lost last week. Uh, when it 
with the money on the table, Nick Saban gets you in the playoffs. He gets oh, you yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. You got to keep his ass out of the playoffs early. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I got Bama. Long story short, uh, the Big Ten championship game is probably the game I want to see most. Uh, Michigan in their first Big Ten championship game versus Iowa. Uh, oh, let me put some respect on these ranks. Let me uh, number two, Michigan versus number fifteen, Iowa. Michigan is coming off. They they were they another Charlie Brown ass program. They got to kick the field. They got to kick the ball versus Ohio State. They made it happen. Jim Harbaugh is a hero, and he finally Jim Harbaugh finally broke through. Michigan is all but a playoff team. The only thing that's standing in their way is the Hawkeyes. What you guys shaking out in a Big Ten championship game? Michigan should should probably slaughter Iowa in this matchup. Iowa's offense is mm. absolutely atrocious, and uh, mm. this it honestly should have been Wisconsin that was that was uh, in this matchup. But Wisconsin lost to Minnesota last week, uh, which made Iowa the <clears throat> the bid from the West. So uh, I'm taking Michigan in this matchup. I think I don't think. I don't think Iowa's going to be able to push the ball on Michigan's defense. Aiden Hutchinson is probably the best player in the country right now. And honestly, if we're talking realistically, I think he's the Heisman front runner, but because he plays on defense, it's probably going to go to Bryce Young. So, Bam, uh, not Bama, Michigan is my pick. I got Michigan as well. Um, but I will caution. I, I will call. I will caution. Uh, I don't know what the point spread is. And these are championship games. That's why I'm not even picking against the spread because championship games, funny shit happens. And oh, yeah. You throw all the shit out the window. But when it comes to Michigan, and I'm a 49ers fan. Jim Harbaugh in these spots. I don't like his ass in these spots, in these games. Um, if Jim Harbaugh can keep his shit under control, Michigan should win the game. But I think I was going to be in the building. The entire game. I think I was gonna be in the building for the entire game. So for the betters, uh, I don't know what the spread is, but uh, keep keep out with your thoughts and prayers because I think they're gonna be in the building. <laughs> and last but not least, the one Power Five uh, championship game with, that nobody will be watching, nobody will be attending, nobody cares about the ACC championship game. Pitt, number 17, Pitt versus number 18, Wake Forest. It's in Charlotte. Uh, Wake Forest doesn't have a fan base. And Pitt is too far from Charlotte. Mm -hmm. So expect all the 35 people to be there. Um, Maybe some families of the teams. I think that's going to make up the attendance. (laughs) uh, Nobody's going to the game. Kenny Pickett and, and Sam Hartman are some of the best players out of the conference. They're both on Cinderella runs with the with older rosters. Uh, it's back to the back of the line for both their asses at the end of this year. So who gets the BCS bid? I mean, the New Year's Six bid, because that's what they're pretty much playing for. Right. Um, what you got shaking out? Man, this is this is a weird matchup. I don't I don't really I'm not really sure. Um, I think I'm just gonna go with Wake. Maybe I think they're a little more complete of a team than uh, than Pitt. So I think Pitt's got a little more, a little bit more problems than Wake has. So I'll just, I'm just gonna go ahead and take Wake. 
I'm only taking Pitt because I told Brendan Hill that Wake was not winning the conference back in like October. And <laughs> ever since I hit sand on that tweet, uh, Wake has kept winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. And even when they lost to UNC, it wasn't a conference loss, which I, don't I know. still need I explanation s- on that shit. I still don't understand that. Yeah. Uh, so. So maybe he knew something I didn't know as far as that UNC shit. But uh, I mean, they hadn't played yet, but maybe he knew that was an out-of-conference. I still don't know how that was an out-of-conference game. I still need somebody to break that shit down to me. But uh, I said Wake wasn't going to win the uh, ACC. I bet 20 push-ups on it. So I got I to gotta double down. I can't concede and get his shit away and, <laughs> and give up these push-ups. So I'm going big bit base completely off i said they won't i said wake won't gonna win it back in like october so i gotta like triple down on the shit yeah hit pit bet on him too bet on him who's favorite who's favorite in this game it's gotta be like it's probably like a pick them like an even spread yeah god bless anybody gambling on the acc championship mind you these are gonna be two teams that has looked pretty decent all year that's going to want no parts of the big time, the, the spotlight. It might be a team where both offense shit over themselves all four quarters. Then somebody's forced to win the game. Right. It, it, I, I'm expecting one of those type of things. Like, oh, shit, he's been some of the most consistent teams in the ACC, which, you know, take that for whatever it means. And I think these offenses are going to sputter and shit all over themselves for four quarters until eventually somebody's going to have to say, okay, fuck it, we'll win it. <laughs> Oh, I agree. I think it's going to be kind of a brutal game to watch. It's going to be brutal fine. to watch. It's going to be primetime ACC ball with the spotlights on. Mm-hmm. Both teams are going to want no parts. Yep. And and that that that's it for week 14. Uh well, we got we got I, Cincy and Houston. That's pretty much the last of Oh shit. Yeah. Anything. The, the, the non P5 championship game, Cincinnati versus Houston. This is a Big 12 matchup. A future Big 12 a matchup. Future Big 12 matchup. So this is future P- future P5, but as of now it's G5. Luke Fickle, whose name has been linked to the Notre Dame opening and other job openings uh probably since mid-season. Um I think as of now he's committed to the Cincinnati situation. I don't think he's entertained any jobs. You never know these motherfuckers, but uh, yeah. You think since you think Cincinnati does the undoable, you think they become the first G five to make the playoff? Yeah, I think they do. I mean, Houston's been not themselves this year. They've they've been okay, but nothing great. And I think Cincinnati's going to be able to hold on to their spot. They got they're playing for a ton here. So, um, and Fickle's a really good coach. So you know, hopefully Cincinnati holds on and gets in the playoffs it'd be really cool to see yeah Cincinnati is playing for everything like they have the world the world is at their feet yeah the world is at their feet they can be the first G5 because when the playoff expands a G5 making the playoff is going to be every year but to make the 14 playoff like that's impressive and and and, and Cincinnati got to know the Dame win so then like they it ain't like they just piece it on the American conference to get here. Yeah. So I, I think 
whatever the spread is, hammer that shit. I think Cincinnati is going to look to make an example out of these motherfuckers. Yeah, I mean, trying yeah. to secure their playoff spot. Yeah, the impressive thing about that Notre Dame win is Notre Dame was still good. Like a lot of people thought Notre Dame was going to fall off after that loss and and end up being yeah. a bad team, but they kept winning and they're they're what six seventh right now something like six, that six six eleven and one yeah six. yeah so you know that's a good win that they have so you know yeah that's a nice that's a nice uh feather to have in your cap so mm-hmm. before we get into the coaching currency of, and the and the madness that happened over the last couple of days we're gonna get into the Virginia Tech coach I hire we got everything you need but my bookie man not every day you can double your money, but with my bookie, you can double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With my bookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at mybookie.ag and use my promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive your double initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo has looked like a legit Super Bowl contender. However, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime. With my bookie. Symbol. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. Visit symbol.com, use the promo code SD, and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. And last but not least, Spotify Green Room, the live audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, reacting to the coaching carousel that's going on. Uh, you can be notified when rooms go live. Rooms going live every day, all the time. You can create a profile, link your Twitter. Um, all you need to do is download Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS app store. Come with your spiciest takes. Virginia Tech had a coach. Uh, Finally. Dominoes will start finally. Dominoes were starting to fall. Coaches were starting to come off of the boards. Virginia Tech fans were starting to get antsy. And the decision was Brent Pry from Penn State. He, he uh 
is he graduated. He's from Lexington, Virginia. Uh, I think Danny Cole from Lexington. Shout out Lexington. Um, went to Lexington High School. All well and good. Was a was a grad assistant at Virginia Tech back in the mid nineties. Coach, you know, paid his dues, climbed the ranks, coached over at Memphis. <laughs> he don't know he, he don't know our man's, but coached over at Memphis and he been around and he got his opportunity at Penn State to be defense coordinator with James Franklin. And when the, the defense over at Penn State, they got a good defense. They, they got great players on the defense. And when you look at who he was helping recruit, he brought in the big fish. He, he was involved in bringing in the big fish over at Penn State. Me, yep. I'm in wait and see mode. I'm not crazy high about the shit. I'm not wave. I'm not negative or low about the shit. Um, I'm I'm in the middle. I'm in wait and see mode. But from what you, I'm sure you've done your research as well, and I'm sure you've uh, done some reading on Brent Pat. How do you feel initially about the about the hire? I feel pretty good about it. I mean, you know. You got to look at the other candidates that were available too. And I think a lot of people wanted Napier. Um, and there was a lot of jobs open that were a little bigger than Virginia Tech. So uh makes sense that we weren't be able weren't able to get him as he went down to Florida. Um, and you know, after that, it was like, okay, who are we really looking at now? And a lot of people didn't want Chadwell either. Uh they thought he mm-hmm. hadn't really he hadn't really done a whole lot yet. Um, and so you know, Pry wasn't on a lot of people's radar as like a, a potential candidate. And, um, you know, this is this to me is the Bud Foster hire that Witt thinks he should have made back in 2016. Um, mm. And I think that's kind of what it is now. It's, you know, bringing back that defensive culture to Virginia Tech. And I think, you know, moving forward, the most important thing uh, as of right now is your offensive coordinator hire because, you know, he's going to work on the defense. We, you know, we believe that the defense is going to come back to being, uh, you know, one of the best parts of this team. But it's like, you know, at the same time, we have to have a prominent offense in today's age of college football. So um, I'm waiting for the news on the offensive coordinator before I go too far as a believer. But um, as of right now, I'm happy with it. You know, he's recruited within Virginia a lot at his during his time at Penn State. Um, mm-hmm. You know, James Franklin was the offensive guy. And so he ran the whole defense um, and he did a great job there. Penn state fans were sad to see him leave Uh, a lot of his players. Micah Parsons shouted him out on Twitter saying that he was a great coach and a great mentor, uh, which is, which is good to see. So all the signs look good. Um, Just waiting on the press conference tomorrow morning. I'm sure it's going to be out by the time uh, this podcast releases, but um, we'll have some more thoughts after that. But first glance, I'm pretty okay with it, pretty happy about it. But, you know, I'm not crowning him. I'm not saying it's the greatest coaching hire of all time. But, you know, what can, I think it's the best thing that Wick could have done with the circumstances. Yes, he had to, he had to make a move. Yeah, he definitely had to make a move. Brent Pratt, nobody had Brent Pratt on a short list of coaching candidates. Anybody saying they knew this, they are a fucking liar. Uh, Yep. I think this coaching search proved that nobody got sources and and Witt keeps a tight ship. Whatever he got going on, it ain't a lot of leaks. So mm-hmm. uh, all, all the people that was talking about uh, Campbell. <laughs> Some fucking liars, man. There's people, people talk about here, people, people talk about literally every candidate ever. And he his name didn't come up once. Not once. 
Campbell, uh, Chadwell, Clawson, Huff, Huff. Go on and on, but I had never a heard bunch of not goddamn once, liars. Not once did I heard about Pride. Not once did anybody say anything about him. You know, uh, Wit Wit kept that shit under wrap wraps. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew. Um, and, and and like I said, I'm I'm in the middle. I, I I've been burned. I was burned by the Fuente administration. Um, I didn't crown Fuente either. I was in the middle of there too. But so I'm going to give pride. If anybody's wondering what wait and see mode is, it's exactly what it means. Wait and see. He still deserves three seasons. It's not like he's gonna be, you know, yeah. if we struggle next year, I'm like, I'll oh, get this motherfucker out of here. Unless, unless he does some foul shit, you know, off right. the field. Or I, I feel like he's the type that kids just aren't connecting to because I can spot that shit kind of early. I don't know if other motherfuckers can't see it, but I can see a motherfucker because I don't know. I guess I'm a black person, so I can kind of see like, oh yeah, I wouldn't fire this motherfucker. So I know they don't, you know. So maybe, you know, maybe, maybe that's an advantage I have. Um, but. He gets three seasons. At he's, least. Gonna, he's gonna need three seasons at least, you know, because yeah, he's, he's coming in. He's he's coming into a worse situation than Fuente came into. Uh, he's coming into a hell of a rebuild. He's coming into a shitty situation. Mm-hmm. Fuente came into a situation where he had record-setting receivers, NFL-setting quarterbacks. Well, he bought the quarterback with him. Yeah, but uh, this about what was already here. What right, was already here. Right. All all we needed was a trigger man and just new energy in the building. Like even for Frank and that team, that 2015 Virginia Tech team had so much heart, and they went out for Frank. Like we're gonna, we're not gonna go out sad. We're gonna win these games, and we went to Shreveport to the, I don't know the. Shrimp and dip bowl, whatever the fuck bowl that was at Shreveport <laughs> and beat Tulsa. And we, we like we were not gonna go outside for Frank. You know, it was just we just needed new energy and a quarterback. And Fuente bought that. Shout out to him for that. But um Pry ain't Pry gotta bring in, not only does he have to bring in a quarterback, he's gonna need receivers. Trey Turner announced pretty much said, I'm going pro, I'm not playing in a bowl game. I've done my time, I'm gone. God bless you, sir. One dog be Friday tell you story. Yeah. Uh, but uh Trey's gone. Tavion, if he's smart, he'd get the fuck out, but he seems like a solid dude. I don't think he's hinted at leaving, going to anything, so we don't know. Caleb Smith probably will be back. <laughs> <laughs> if payout is smart, he'd get the fuck out. He's been here three years. He got like two targets. Yeah, he get and the fuck out. A lot of uh, Lofton probably be back. Yeah, Lofton's there. Lofton's probably back. Uh, right, Delon Wright is probably coming back. Uh, then you get into the Drek. Like, whoosh, whoo. What? Oh, yeah. my boy Changa Hodge. Ain't Changa Hodge still on the roster somewhere? Uh, yeah, Chanka might be back. Like, yeah, he's he's like apparently he's healthy now too. So, so maybe so maybe they let Changa come back for a nineteenth year. <laughs> Tyrell Smith in the wide receiver room. Right. At, le- at least he got snaps and starts and shit just somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, so I-, I believe they would probably go to the portal for 
a veteran receiver or two or three and, and try to bring in they'll probably I think they'll probably look grad transfer market for or for a couple receivers and uh bring back maybe Tay. Tay would obviously be the you know top dog, but Tay and, and Lofton and all of them and bring in some motherfuckers from the portal. Uh defensively. Ooh, we need a cut. We need three or four defensive linemen. Yeah, defensive um, line is is going to be a problem next year in my opinion. Defensive line is going to be a fucking goddamn mess. I think Amari Barno, I had seen a post where he accepted a senior bowl invite. Um He got the invitation. I don't know if he necessarily accepted it yet though. Okay, so he got so he didn't accept the invite. They just they just posted that he got an invite. Okay. Yeah, but I think you know most players when they get senior bowl invites they go. It's pretty rare that they stay after that. Yeah, because he can make his money on practice week. Oh, hundred percent. He can make his money just one on one. Once he once he uh once he take the pads off and 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 stand there and do interviews. Like, oh shit. Yeah. They'll put a fifth round grade on him just looking at him. Oh, 100 percent Yeah. And then he can go out there on one-on-ones and whoop the shit out of people and play himself into like third round consideration before I... the male Kuipers cut the film on and be like, wait a minute, this motherfucker disappeared in like nine games. <laughs> they'll attribute it to something else though. You yeah, know, save they'll, say, they'll, they'll blame Fuente. Fuente did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Because the kid from the Baltimore Ravens, Jason Oway, yeah. he had zero sacks <clears throat> in his last year. Uh, played under Brent Pry. <laughs> <laughs> he had zero sacks, but he still went first round off, you know, measurable potential, all that shit. So yeah. And he and he's balling. He's That's a good player. Show. He's a good player. Yeah. So sometimes they just they look, they they do deep dives into the film and be like, wait a minute. This kid didn't disappear. Uh, they just ran from him. They ran away from him. They neutralized him, but he still looks explosive here. So, right. Shout out to Mari Barno. I don't think he's Jason Oway either, but yeah, maybe nah. he could be a poor man. He could be a poor man and get himself in the fourth round mm-hmm. if he he would have to fucking have a a Ziggy Ansah senior bowl. I don't know if you remember his senior bowl. He was Ziggy Ansah. He played at BYU and the Detroit Lions. He was a man during the senior bowl. I never seen no shit like that. And he played himself into the first round and made himself some good money. So senior bowl is some good shit now. Oh yeah. Oh money. yeah. Ask, ask Justin Herbert. Ask Daniel mm-hmm. Jones. Ask Russell Wilson. That senior bowl. You can definitely play your way and get yourself some real serious bread. Uh, senior bowl week. Yeah, especially as an offensive or defensive lineman. Because they do a ton, oh, yeah. of, ton of one-on-ones. You remember that? That's uh, the shit we want to see. <laughs> yeah, that, that kid from Wisconsin, Whitewater, that lineman that had, like, that big-ass right. cut. Remember him? He right. Nobody knew who yeah. he was. And he got, like, he, dra- he was drafting, like, the third round. Just off drafting. senior bowl. Best off senior bowl. And he was getting whooped. I watched them practices. They both, he was getting whooped. Wisconsin, Whitewater is D3. Like, yeah. They tried to make it seem like he was holding his own. I got two eyes. I don't listen to commentary. I mean, I listened to it and I laugh at it. But it was like, oh, man, this kid, this natties. Look, at he's on his own again. He was getting pushed back on every rep. I said, what the fuck am I looking at then? If he giving up the sack area shit, like, there's no quarterback to get hit. But 
stop playing with me. But uh, shout out to him mm-hmm. because he had the dreadlocks, and I got a white boy with dreadlocks. That's it's dreadlocks. Yeah, because white people got to do some extra shit to get their head a lock. Uh, they got to take some real unsanitary. I've seen white people lock their hair. They have to take more unsanitary measures to lock their shit. Shout out to all the white people that went through that process. Because for black people, it's a bit of an easier process. But for white people, God bless you and your patience. Because there's no way in hell I can have hair that straight and wait that long and go through that. So The man definitely got some inner strength to do that. And Man had his belly out. He got whooped on every rep, but he still got paid. So God bless him. Hey, it's your money. It's your money. You got to talk about the senior boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brett Pratt, man. Um, I asked the question earlier. He's bringing in a 425. Is it similar to Jay Ham's? Uh, uh, go ahead. In terms of how it plays, I don't know how similar mm-hmm. it is. I mean, four two five isn't necessarily a scheme. It's just the base of like base. The personnel. Mm-hmm. It's just the personnel that's right. on the field. He, they change it. You know, when they played Ohio State, Ohio State passes and spreads the ball out, so they played four two five personnel the whole game. Uh, mm-hmm. When they played Wisconsin, they had, uh, you know, three line three linebackers. They even had a fourth linebacker in for some of the game because Wisconsin just runs the fucking ball every play. So. You know, the personnel is going to be similar to what we run. Um, okay. The plays just might be a little different. So that's, that's, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not an XO yeah. guru, but that's just what I've seen. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess the question I'm asking, because, because like you said, the base, that's just, it's just a personnel thing. And honestly, I think everybody in college football these days is running some either three, three, five or four, two, five because all of the passing. Right. Um, I can't think of a team that's out there that's base four or three these days. Even I mean, shit. Even the linebackers are, are hybrid safeties, and you got hybrid nickel corners and all kinds of crazy shit going on. But yeah. they might be a linebacker just by name only at this point. By, by you put them there and you call them a linebacker, but it's really yeah. like a safety and all this other crazy shit. It's just a I big safety, yeah. Yeah, some of them just the big. Some of them just big safeties. And some of these motherfuckers are just slot corners in a linebacker spot. There's all kinds of crazy shit going on in college football. Right. Um, I mean, they used to call Mooka linebacker, so mm-hmm. I guess technically he was lining up in that whip spot, but he changed he changed how it was played. So yeah. Um I'm excited to see what he does with the defense. I I think uh I think it'll be good to get a nasty defense back, and I hope I hope that's what he brings. I also, yes, uh, you know, I think the linebackers have been slow recently at Virginia Tech, um, yes. and he is he has coached and developed some very fast linebackers. And he, if he can bring some of that speed over, uh, that would be very much appreciated because we have been lacking with side, with sideline to sideline speed with our linebackers. So if we can get a little quicker with the linebackers, I think the defense is going to be looking much better and we can get back to having some sort of identity, which I think is the biggest reason why we went with this hire. And and I like what you said about 10 seconds ago. You didn't say he's going to bring a good defense because technically in 2021, Virginia Tech had a good defense. Mm-hmm. You said a nasty defense. Right. Not once that I watched that defense and think, yo, that's a nasty defense. They wouldn't bark on motherfuckers. 
Like, it wasn't no steppers on the defense. Like, good kids. You know, like, Jermaine Waller's a good kid. Like, Jermaine Waller has some of that edge, some of that goon. That nigga wears ski masks in 70-degree weather. He's he's definitely got a couple screws loose. Tay <laughs> uh, Daly, he laid some good hits. And Nazir Peoples laid some good hits. Physical guys. But it wasn't a nasty defense. It didn't have that swag to it. And that's on purpose. That's the type of, you know, kids Fuente wants. Right. Uh, he don't want too much personality, you know, showing out. And and, and Jham too. Jham Jham, who was he was a decent player, but he wasn't really a ah, you know. It was a Fuente. It was a, it was even though it was a good defense, it was still in Fuente's personality. Is what I'm saying. If Brent Pratt can bring, I mean, he had Michael Parsons that. Penn State and Michael Parsons was butt fucking people behind the scenes. Yeah, hey, you gonna be? <laughs> I mean, I don't. You know, I hope Virginia Tech players ain't out here getting butt fucked by one of their players. <laughs> but if you gonna bring that type of talent, I mean, if that's the price, <laughs> if that's the price to be paid, somebody got to get you know a little meat between their buns. I mean, I'm not complaining today, my ass. I mean, <laughs> it's the price that elite linebackers pay. That's the price that elite linebacker. Sometimes you get you get a dig in your ass. That's just the way it goes. I mean, so hey, nah, my, I, Micah Parsons is a crazy ass dude. I don't know if you ever watched hard, the Hard Knock season. With, I did on the Cowboys, but he is a crazy motherfucker. He's scary as hell. Crazy motherfucker. That's the type of motherfucker where like being around Micah Parsons is like being on like an African safari. Like, like you riding that Jeep and you just got to keep your limbs, keep your limbs in the Jeep. Don't try to feed the animals. Don't try to pet the animals. You just, you just watch, you watch from a distance and you just, and you just, you just watch. You just hope and pray. Yeah. You go to the zoo. You don't try to get in the cage with that animal. You just watch, Mm -hmm. you watch them on the field and you, that's it. I want no part. I want no smoke with a motherfucker that's out here putting this dick between people's butt cheeks <laughs> on recreation time. Can't do it. Mind you, other football players are like strong and like just as strong as him and big and all this other shit. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? He doing this shit up. He ain't doing that shit like the equipment guys. He doing this shit. <laughs> he doing this shit to other people that can fuck him up, but clearly they did not want that pressure. So. Mm-hmm. If, if if Brent Pryor and J.C. Price, who has been confirmed to be staying, are going to be bringing in that type of people, hey, man, listen, I know we live in a new society where you're not supposed to bully motherfuckers. I want bullies. Yeah. No, we, <laughs> we, we need some nasty. Bullies. We need nasty players back on our defense. I want all of the dumb shit. That's what I'm I'm here for. I want the dumb shit. Yeah. So shout out Brent Pryor. We're going to get more into the Brent Pry, and he hasn't bought in his staff completely. And you know, as of right now, Corn is still employed. So yeah, the best wanna, thing. Uh, go ahead. I do want to say it's a good sign that pretty much all of the recruits uh, have been in like support of the hire. Like we haven't seen anybody decommit. Yeah, they won't go on. I mean, Fuente ain't commit no more. Fuente didn't recruit no motherfuckers that had options. That that's facts, but I mean, there's a few guys on there that could go other places. They won't go start. That's facts. The crown jewels of our recruiting class are going here. They're going to start. 
if they would have, let's say, let's say they do get froggy and go somewhere. Now they fucking portal in a year or two. They starters here. The, the top of this recruiting class are starters. The bottom of this recruiting class had no other options. Oh, no yeah. Other. Oh, yeah. The middle of this recruiting class, they had no other options. Who do they only P5? Ramon Brown, probably the only one that probably has a legit plate chance to start somewhere else. Everybody else, God bless them. It's not their fault. It's just the top of our class going to another P5. Like, they're not the, they're only a star here. They're not a star nowhere else. So they won't go nowhere. That yeah. shit ain't surprised me at all. Especially the fact that the defensive staff brought in most of the elite uh, players in this, the top of the, the elite, the defensive staff brought in the top of this class. Yeah, so Pernell and them. So they were yeah. locked in. Like, Price ain't going nowhere. I don't think Tierney ain't going nowhere. I ain't heard nothing like that. Um, I don't know if Ham going anywhere, but they won't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. The only person I, that, that could have went somewhere is, is probably Ramon. He's the only one wobbling. Like, okay, he might bounce. He ain't, he ain't left yet. Yeah, but everybody else they won't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I wanted to say about Brent Price and the best thing about hiring the best thing about hiring a defensive coach and it's, this doesn't just go for us. This goes period. Is Brent Price does not have have the ego to stick with a bad offensive coordinator. Yes. Defensive coaches go hire the best offensive coaches. Offensive right. coaches have too much pride, and they say, you know what? We got to make this shit work because I'm not bringing nobody else in to make me look bad. So when it comes down to it, I think if – and I, I don't think he'll keep corn – is whoever Brent Pry hires, if they can't get it done in a year or two from now, he'll make the adjustments. Yeah, I agree. He'll, he'll, make, it, he'll make the adjustments. What you mean you don't want to recruit no quarterbacks? Let me get somebody who do. And exactly. I think it'll go from there. Um, and and another, another thing about defensive coaches that a lot of people don't know is defensive coaches always, when they, when they think quarterback, they always think about what can't I stop? Like, so they, when they look at practice, I'm, I can't stop that kid. He should start. So, you might see Tosh Bullock QB1 next year. You might see some crazy shit. You might see Spencer Rattler next year because Brent Prime might say, go get the best. We're not about to do this Burmeister shit again. We can, yeah. like, my defense can stop him. I want the person we can't stop. Like, defensive coaches think like that. I remember Bill Foster on the record said, if I was ever head coach, I want to run Oregon's offense. And that was when Oregon was like Chip Kelly, like, in that era of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Like defensive guys are different than offensive guys. Offensive guys kind of think crazy a lot of times. Eh, I can transform this average guy into a star. They, it, it's a lot of dick measuring amongst offensive coaches. Defensive coaches, hey man, I need the best. Yeah, <laughs> like they just want ballers. They want ballers, like especially at running back because the the conservative defensive coaches like, look, my defense gonna hold it down. We gonna we gonna we gonna. I need ballers. I need running backs. I need offensive line, and we gonna go from there. So either way, yeah. I, li- I like the uh, so the Brent Pratchett. So if you were to if you were to you know grade this hire based on you know who was available, the timing of it, uh, you know the whole the whole shebang. What would you what would you give the overall grade for Wit? Like if you're grading Wit right now? Oh, I'm giving his ass an F because I want a Hugh Freeze. 
If it's migraine, <laughs> it's migraine. You know. So anybody on Twitter tomorrow, yeah, how could you get? He asked me what was migraine. It's an F. You didn't get Hugh Freeze. So that's migraine. What do you think about Hugh Freeze staying at, at Liberty? He said he's setting up for the big job. He wants. I wouldn't wants be surprised if this motherfucker. I wouldn't be surprised if that motherfucker ain't on the phone with Notre Dame right now. Well, would fact, not be would Notre, not be surprised. Notre Dame is promoting Marcus Freeman. That happened during uh during our time recording. So Marcus Freeman oh, a, will be staying. That's a good at look. Notre that's Dame. a good look for Marcus Freeman. Notre mm-hmm. Dame with a black coach. Yep. <laughs> They'll be looking for a coach in two three years. <laughs> Shout out to Marcus Freeman. You do never want to be the black. You never want to be the first black anything. Shout out to all my black brothers and sisters. Y'all know I'm speaking facts. Let me tell you something. As a black person, you never want to be the first black anything. Trust me when I say that. Let me tell you something. Notre Dame next year can go 10 and 2. They going to act like this motherfucker went 2 and 10. You You never want to, as a black person, you never want to be the first black anything, especially in a in a white dominated landscape. It's just the way it is. It's just it's, it's, it's fucked up, but it's the way it is. But shout out to Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Well, should we get into these other hires? Let's get into these other hires, man. Lincoln Riley, like Big a thief one. in a goddamn night. <laughs> He, this is the first time I believe this has ever happened where I seen a blue blood lose their coach to another blue blood. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley is hired at USC. He has said the day before that he was not going to be LSU's coach and he wouldn't bullshit because he told the truth because <laughs> he had another gig lined up. That man is a USC Trojan and I think OU lost like the top of their recruiting class for 2022 and 2023. Couple five-star players, yeah, five-star receivers, five-star quarterback, and they the quarterback already committed on at USC. Uh, he committed Sunday. <laughs> he committed to USC on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, Malachi Nelson, Lincoln Rally, Malachi Nelson. It was a picture of, of Lincoln Rally at that man's house. Apparently, he's from California, and uh. Yeah, man. You reap what you sow, Oklahoma. You reap what you fucking sow. And I'm not really familiar with Oklahoma. I know a lot of shit don't grow there. So what does Oklahoma do? You got to get your shit from somewhere else. That's the way shit works. So Oklahoma, what ends up happening is they want to say Lincoln Riley left like a thief in the night and we ain't had no, 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 no proper warning and all this shit. Did you warn the Big 12? When y'all up and went for the, to the SEC for the bag? No, you didn't. Exactly. The same thing make you laugh, make you cry. That's just the way the game is. And who, who knows? On Lincoln Riley. You think yeah, Lincoln Riley's I mean, a fuck? No. You think he's a, you no. think he a piece of shit? You think he's securing the bag? What's your thought? I don't. I think he's doing exactly what anybody else would do in the same situation. I mean, I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, Oklahoma leaving to the SEC, they're probably what the fourth, fifth best program, maybe sixth, maybe seventh. Like 
it, they're not top of the, they're not top of the ladder in the SEC. But Lincoln Riley at USC, he can be the top of the Pac-12. Uh, right. You know, and, and even at no, and even if he's number two, but they expand the playoffs yep. coming. You got a shot. You can get in. You got a shot. And and Lincoln Riley is a quarterback guru, like an actual quarterback guru, yes. not just not Justin Fuente, yes. quarterback guru. He's an actual quarterback guru. And all the quarterbacks are in L.A. All of them. Bryce Young, DJ. All of them come from L.A. Like L.A. pumps quarterbacks out and they leave to other parts of the country. But if you had Lincoln Riley in L.A., you're pulling every yeah. five star quarterback. Like if Lincoln Riley was in USC last year, Bryce Young would have never flipped to Bama. He would have stayed committed to USC. And I firmly believe that. So now and you already see it like he goes and he gets a five star quarterback immediately. And he's going to do that over and over again. So this is the perfect spot for him. I think it's good for college football to be able to see USC back. Uh, I think it's going to make the Pac-12 a lot more interesting because if, if I'm being honest, the Pac-12 has been boring as fuck for the last like five years. Um, I don't watch the Pac-12 anymore for that reason, but now I have a, now I have a reason to watch it. So I'm excited about it. I don't think he did anything wrong, to be honest. When USC is popping, like the Pac-12 is popping, like it used to be USC was popping, so people watch the whole conference. People watch the whole Pac-12. Like when Oregon's popping, like, okay, Oregon's fly, flashy, the uniforms, things like that. But when USC is popping, it's different. Oh, different it's, way. Different. It's a different animal when USC is popping than when Oregon's popping. And it ain't even – and Oregon have played in some natties. They done played in a lot of Rose Bowls, and they're a good program. But when USC popping – like it's a different beast. You got the Kardashians and shit. You got Snoop going to games. You got Will Ferrell at games. They bring the stars out. Like it's extra when USC is popping. So mm-hmm. and they giving they giving Lincoln Riley the bag, one hundred ten million. He can use the private jet for his family whenever he want. Like they bought out his houses and. Relocated it immediately. I mean, and think about it too. He's got kids too. You think kids want to grow up in Oklahoma or in LA? They want to grow up in LA by the beach, the the restaurants, the mountains. Living in Malibu, like, mm. like it was a no brand. And then you, and then they, and then they can use the PJ all the time, twenty four seven access. Twenty four seven access to the PJ. Lincoln Riley on the private jet right now. Saying, let me get the garlic broccoli with the shrimp in it, cause cause they gotta make what you ask and on the PJ. He probably like, listen, man, I I want, I want the yard house chicken sandwich. I don't want just a chicken sandwich. I want the yard house joint, like with the avocado on it. They gotta make that shit. This is different. USC had to come out here and show these motherfuckers what money is. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, no, see, the problem is USC didn't care for a while. They thought USC was a self-sustainable brand. No, they had to roll their arms, their sleeves up, and had to go get them a coach. All right. Now they had to show motherfuckers what money really is. USC been bullshitting with the Clay Held and all that shit. They fired Lane Kiffin ass on the tarmac, all kinds of wild and crazy shit going on. They had Sark drunk ass and bursting them at press conferences and at, at banquets and shit. They said, let's go get a real coach. Mm-hmm. And, and they just had to show motherfuckers what real money is. Yeah. 
And I think I think this is a phenomenal hire for them. I think this is the best hire across all the coaching uh, carousels. This past, you know, this wasn't even a coaching carousel. A lot of people didn't even know that Lincoln I mean, Riley was going to leave. But I mean, yeah, whenever you got the money to take a motherfucker from Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Take it from something. another. <laughs> got another a lot of money. Blue blood. Yep. So I like it. Walk I think right it's interesting. In, right, walk right in a trap and took. No, oh, no. Nah. Running all that stuff out of here with my coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, but moving, you want let's go. Let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. L- let's talk about LSU real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian Brian Kelly left uh, left Notre Dame kind of kind of out of mm-hmm. nowhere when they had a shot at the playoff too, which is fucking wild. I never would have expected that. Um, Crazy. And and like I'm gonna ask you this question: Do you think Brian Kelly can recruit in the South? No, but I think LSU has the resources to help him. And you think he like I, I just thought the fit was weird. I didn't really I didn't really the fit, understand the fit it. was weird. The fit was weird because Brian Kelly's like a Midwest guy, but I had to look back, I had to think back on this because initially I was the same way. He's not gonna relate to these kids. He's not gonna know what to do when these players get to talking that was I am bitch, all that. Louisiana shit these boys, these boys be talking about once he but the thing about SEC programs especially like the LSU the Bamas the Georgias is their staffs are so big yeah that even though Brian Kelly can't talk that shit there's probably three or four or five LSU former LSU players and dudes from Baton Rouge and New Orleans to be able to still relate to them kids and make sure that they can recruit. I think all Brian Kelly's going down there to do is be a football coach. And they probably told him, coach, don't worry about it. We got enough. They have an NFL alumni base and all this other shit going on that uh, you coming in to just be a coach. And Les Miles made it work. Nick Saban made it work. They probably told him, like, bro, you just coming in to coach. Don't worry about the recruitment side. We got we got enough motherfuckers to handle that. Right. I can and, see that. I can see that working. And Colin Cowher said this. I want to take credit for his take. So I'm going to just say what he said. But he said at Notre Dame, he was a, it was a good program. But they would play Georgia. They would play Bama. They would play Clemson. And you knew what time it was every time. And for once, Brian Kelly wanted to be equal on the talent playing field and i think that's well that's why he thinks he chose lsu right because even though notre dame is a high level program they don't have the type of talent that they all, those other schools have and yeah. you know, a lot there, of there's that, notre dame recruiting and then there's bama clemson georgia ohio state recruiting right that's on a, that's on another level a lot, a lot of that too is tied with Notre Dame's prestige, and they're kind of like they don't take as many players as another school would take. You know, they're more selective because of grades and shit and prestige, whatever. So mm. it may it makes sense that you know he can go down to LSU and coach more elite players. Right, and 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 Notre Dame lands five stars. They might, you know, where they might land one five-star every couple of years or one five-star every other year. LSU going to land three or four five-star. They're going to land three or four five-stars every year. 
Right. If, if everything's on the up and up, uh, Notre Dame might get you, you know, one five star every two or three cycles. Shit, LSU, if you're recruiting right, you're going to get five five stars in a certain cycle. So the the, mm-hmm. the potential the potential to play Bama and, and being able to match athlete for athlete, now Brian Kelly's thinking, okay, now I can get into the chess match. Now I can finally get into my bag as a coach. I'm not having to worry about a talent discrepancy for once in those type of games. Because when he plays the Virginia Techs of the fucking world, he got the talent advantage. So he can just, you know, pound us. But going into these big games, these Georgias, these whatevers, now it's like, uh, all right, shit, now let's coach. So Mm -hmm. shout out Brian. Shout out Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly's a piece of shit. He killed a kid. But he still got a right to still get a job and make a living. So Yep. Yep. A lot of people in the Midwest area do not like Brian Kelly, and this does not help that case. But, hey, if he goes down right. south and wins, he's going to have a lot of fans. Right. Second blue blood to get their coach to, to another college program, not the NFL. That's crazy. Yep. Like, what's uh, next? Nick Saban going to take a job? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> crazy out here. Ain't nobody coach safe. That goes to all Virginia Tech fans that says, Oh man, I don't know if he's gonna stay. We just saw Notre Dame get their coach took. Like yeah. now it's ain't it's not safe no more. <laughs> you know, there's so you I, gotta always be looking at the next coach. Yeah, you know, this this is gonna change college football moving forward because now you never know like what school could just drop the absolute bag on a coach from another another school that's doing well and just steal them away. Uh so yeah, yeah, man. Anything's possible. You know, and one of the things I've always thought about is the University of Michigan is like literally the richest university in the world. They sit on like they sit on 12 like billion dollars. Absolutely. Like, absolutely insane. And they could be one of those schools like USC where they just snatch a coach from somewhere else. Like if they got that aggressive, they have the money to do it. I mean, when they gave Jim Harbaugh his contract in 2014, he was the second highest paid coach under Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. So like I'm pretty sure that he's reworked that deal since then. And, you know, years have passed and other coaches have gotten a bigger bag, but let's say, I mean, obviously Jim Harbaugh, not in no trouble or nothing, but if, if Michigan ever gets back into the coaching search, that one ten that Lincoln got, like that, that's the starting point. Right. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, got, Michigan got that kind of bridge. So oh, yeah. Michigan's a sleeping sleeping giant if they were to ever pull a hire like the Lincoln Riley one. So all right. Speaking of Michigan, the playoff rankings are out. Um by the time um when the next Donby Fridays come out, the playoffs will be set because the championship games will be played as of right now. We'll go from one to six. Number one, as of right now, is Georgia. They're undefeated. Uh, best defense in the country. Um, ain't nothing to talk about. Solid number one. No argument there. Um, number one, Georgia. Number two, Michigan. 11-1. Their only loss was uh, at Michigan State, if I'm not mistaken. Michigan State turned out to be a really good team. But they do have a loss. But like I said, it was at it was on the road at Michigan State. It was a close game, but no blowout, no shit like that. They probably should have won the game. Yeah, they probably should be undefeated. So, and they vanquished Ohio State. They exercised some demons. 
Uh, it was a convincing win, too. I mean, they they kind of dominated Ohio State. Dominated. That, that run game, that offensive line, that run game. It's crazy. Uh, they were bullying. They were bullying them. Yeah. A work of art. Number three, Bama, Alabama, uh, 11-1. and one. They took a loss to Texas A&M, and they should have lost to Auburn. Um, but I don't think anybody's arguing against Bama being number three. I haven't seen a, no. I ain't seen no outrage. No, it's, uh, they have to be with their record. And number four, the, sense of the undefeated Cincinnati Bearcats uh, never lost. No losses. Uh, they are, as of right now, in. They play uh, Houston in the uh, American Conference Championship. Number five, Oklahoma State. They was on some Charlie Brown shit, but they beat Oklahoma in Bedlam. They do have a loss to Iowa State, who was kind of okay, I guess, pretty good, but not nothing elite. So it's not a quality loss, but they did lose to somebody. And number six, Notre Dame with no coach. Uh, it's looking real, real. It's looking very realistic that they could make the playoffs if, if certain teams lose, but they have no coach. Brian Kelly got the fuck out. So, and they lost to Cincinnati, who's number yeah. four. So, mm-hmm. it's shaping um, up to be very odd. So, what's what? What are you thinking so far? What's what's kind of your prediction for what's going to happen? Well, I already predicted Bama was going to be Georgia. So that would make Michigan number one if Michigan beats Iowa, which I predicted. Michigan beats Iowa, moves up to one. Bama goes to two. Cincinnati goes to three. And I think Georgia would stay on. I think Georgia would stay on and go to four. So Mm -hmm. that would be Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, Bama matchups. That, yep. would, that would be that would be my prediction. I guess I should write that down because it's gonna be the lot of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get that get that written down. Get mine Let too. Me write that down. Uh huh. Yeah. So what I'm think I'm thinking that that Georgia breaks sort of this curse and and beats Bama as I predicted earlier. Um. So it's gonna for me it's gonna be Georgia staying at one. Uh, Michigan at two. I think Cincinnati. Like I said, they win. Um. And I think. Uh, Oklahoma State beats Baylor as well. So I think all of them push up uh, into the playoffs. You would have Cincinnati at three, Oklahoma State at four, and Bama and Notre Dame would be first two out. Bama would drop to five, Notre Dame would be six. Um, and that's my prediction. I think things could get really crazy, though, if uh, if Oklahoma State loses and Bama loses, because I think that's a scenario where uh, where Notre Dame gets in. To four um so yeah that, that could be interesting but that's my prediction right now yeah yeah it's, it's gonna be if i'm brian kelly and i know you got that job you, you you had to take that job and you have to take a job early these days because the early signing day you got to december whatever and you got to keep the class intact and try to sneak who you can sneak and all of that shit but you had a playoff spot in the balance. Like Michigan can lose. Bama can lose. Cincinnati can lose. Oklahoma State can lose. Like 
Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Notre Dame's sitting at home, right? They can't lose to nobody this week. No. I mean, so, my question is why why leave now? Like, why, why, why couldn't he just wait an extra week? Because early signing day, he had to come and secure the class. That's where... That's what happens when you have an early signing day. That's the ramifications. That's why coaches get fired in sep- not September, but October. And this is why Ed Ogeron is told he's finishing the he's finishing the season, but he's gone. It's yeah, not really. For, it, it's for the it's for early signing day because they know how antsy recruits are, and recruits do not commit to colleges anymore. They commit to coaches, and they say. Okay, that motherfucker fired, and the motherfucker I'm committed to is gone. So now I'm gone. So mm-hmm. that's why he left. But I've never seen a coach leave a potential playoff spot on the table. I've never seen that. Yeah, even no. for the NFL. Mm-hmm. This is wild. So bonuses and shit. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I think it's gonna be a crazy ass weekend. I'm excited, and then and then of course we get we get the bowl games coming out too. Uh, so next time the Friday is gonna be a cool episode because we're gonna have the first press conference. We're probably gonna have more information on the coaching staff uh, mm-hmm. for Pry. We're gonna have the bowl game, uh, and we're gonna have the the playoff set. So it'll be there, fun. It shall be a lot to talk about. Uh, it's gonna be a very interesting December. Um, yo, that's early Saturday day coming up. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot to talk about, uh, because because we th- there might be flips in our future. We might be getting flipped. We might be getting some flips. So there, there there's going to be a lot to still talk about. Dumpy Fridays. I want to thank everybody that when they Spotify rap came out, Dumpy Fridays was on their list. Hey man, I need to yeah. be had Spotify listening. So. <laughs> You know what? I I I've, I've been going through the analytics and stuff and uh Spotify is pushing on Apple, man. Spotify's got a lot of listeners. A lot of people use Spotify. Spotify booming. I got called an Apple elitist today. That's crazy. Man, He's got a fucking to... Android. <laughs> yeah, I'm Samsung over here, Chief. God damn. Like, <laughs> man, listen, man, listen, listen. I had nothing to do with that. Like like we're not even on Google Podcasts, and that's what I use. So there's that. So like, if anybody got a, a room to have some beef, it should be me. But um, that's it for Don V Fridays, man. Anything else you got to say to the people yeah, before just, we sign out? Just kind of want to say the same thing. It was really cool uh, going on seeing the Spotify wrapped with. You know, so many people having our podcast is like the most listened to thing. That's it's really cool. You know, I never would have thought I'd be, you know, talking to as many people as as we are. But um, we appreciate all the support from you guys and especially from all the guests that kind of help kickstart us too. you know. Oh, yeah. Um, that was definitely super cool. And we're going to have more guests hopefully coming soon for you guys as well. So that's all I got. More guests on the horizon. Um, more, more, more raw, uncut interviews more jokes more lies just because the offseason coming up don't mean that we slowing down we're gonna still keep we still gonna keep this train rolling um oh yeah we're super active in the offseason if you guys super know, active. We was on this we'll be on this bitch talking about 
whatever, whatever fights happen on the internet, uh, kids beating up other kids in the dap line at basketball games, listen, we'll cover it. <laughs> we'll cover all that shit. Um, that's pretty much it for Don B Fridays, man. Drift, man. Salute. Glad yes, you back, made it back safely from Chicago. Oh, of course, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and, and that's it, man. Till next week, y'all. God bless.